0: Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hi, let's talk about Pro Plan Sport. Pro Plan Sport is advanced nutrition made to fuel strength and stamina in active dogs like yours. So wherever your next journey together takes you, Started off right with the high performance fuel your dog needs to keep pushing you every step of the way. Pro Plan Sport. Learn more at ProPlansport.com. The volume. Hi, everybody. Welcome in to the Wednesday Morning herd, Colin Coward podcast. So a bunch of different thoughts for about 12 minutes here. Um, you know, when I was younger and you'd have Thanksgiving or Christmas, but usually Thanksgiving, you invite extended family. And maybe my family was different than yours. My guess is not really. There's always one weird uncle that shows up and he's like the conspiracy theorist in the family. And uh, it's not like, you know, he believes in UFOs. You know, maybe he did see one. He just didn't know what it was. It was a government plane. Whatever. I'm not talking that. But, you know, he's always like anti-government and And I always had this sort of theory on conspiracy theorists, that they're people that somehow feel slighted by life. They're not as successful as they believe they should be. So they've got to blame somebody. It's the government. It's a political figure. uh, It's a boss. The truth is, when you used to bring them over for Thanksgiving or Christmas and they would leave, you were all like, yeah, we like Uncle Phil, but he's, he's batshit crazy. And... I was watching the Trump indictment in Georgia, and I woke up at like three in the morning, and I couldn't go back to sleep for about 45 minutes, and I went online, what a mistake. I'm convinced now half the country is conspiracy theorists. It's the Alex Jonesing of society. One of the reasons I love sports is that there's finish lines, and there are standings, and there are winners, and there are losers. But as I looked at this indictment, I thought to myself, is the reality of politics going forward that unless you win an election, conservative or Democrat, you're going to say it's fixed? Like, is that the door that's been opened? I mean, I always love sports. Years ago, I was offered a political show years and years and years ago from a general manager of an AM radio station that said, you know, I think you're kind of a moderate lean left guy. Uh, there's too many conservatives on the air. And I said, well, if the audience listens to conservatives, that's what the audience wants. Um, And I said to him, I'm not angry enough to be in politics. I like the finality uh, of sports. Winners, losers, go home, game over. But folks, when that movie JFK came out years ago by Oliver Stone, it was really entertaining. But when it was over, everybody sort of agreed it was out there. I think today, if it was released, it would be seen as a documentary. People would just buy all of it. Uh, And I don't know what happened. Is it the influence of social media? But politics has gotten so crazy, I have to shut it off. Like I don't care who's running for president. But if you think elections are fixed, I can't vote for you. Either side. It's over. That will be my definitive one- Topic, election, outcome, provider. If you think the election is fixed, I can never vote for you. What the hell would that do to our democracy? Give me sports. Give me standings. Get me conclusive winners and losers. It's a more sane life. So one of the things that baseball pushed back on for years And it's really going to cost them in the playoffs this year is individuality. There's always been this ridiculous, there's a way to play the game. No, there's not. Unwritten rules. Write them down. I think baseball is going to have its lowest postseason ratings ever. And the primary reason is the average sports fan, not a fantasy baseball player, the average sports fan will not be able to name a starter for most of the American League playoff teams. Baltimore, Minnesota, the Cleveland Guardians, and the Tampa Rays. And say what you want about the NBA, but all of you listening can name at least three starters for the Golden State Warriors and a couple starters for the Celtics and a couple starters for the Milwaukee Bucks. You don't even have to be an NBA fan. You kind of know the top 10 players in the league and you've heard of the next 10. That's because the NBA has pushed wrapped their arms around and embraced individuality. I always thought one of the keys for college football during the USC days was that USC put their arms around Reggie Bush and Matt Leinart, and they really focused on individuality and team play. Whereas Alabama is like Penn State, you know, numbers on the helmets, generic uniforms. It's all about the team over the individual. Well, you're going to see in baseball this year, um, The direct result of that American league ratings are going to be atrocious Yankees out Red Sox out. Um, Thank God the Dodgers and the Braves in the national league, well-known brands with star players uh, have a good chance to get to the national league championship series, but the American league, I mean, at, Again, I'm not talking seam head, baseball diehard. I'm not talking Bob Costas, Keith Oberman, guys who live for the sport. Average fan, sports fan in America, can't name a starter for the Twins Orioles Rays, Guardians, can't name one. I've said before twice that I've tried to invest in the MLS. Too rich for my blood. But I think the academy system, uh, the smaller stadiums, I think it's well run. Uh, and I also think... We have better players now in America um, than we've ever had. And I always feel like if you're a really good high school football player, really, really special, you will be offered by the SEC. You'll get an offer from Bama, LSU, Georgia, Florida, somebody. That kind of validates, even if you live in California, play in Washington State, you'll be offered by the SEC. That's where the best players go mostly. And I feel like if you're really a legitimate soccer player in America— you will play overseas. And not just make a roster, but, you know, be a viable starter or somebody that is, uh, gets on the pitch, right? The MLS still has a pretty low ceiling. And I think the example of that is 36-year-old Launa Messi um, literally has walked into the worst team in the MLS and is averaging a goal and a half a game. And I mean, it looks ridiculously, effortlessly easy. Now, he was very good at the World Cup. He's not Mbappe at this point. Mbappe's in his athletic prime, just surging into it. But, I mean, when you watch Messi, in the ease in which he gets quality shots, it shows you how far the MLS is from being a great league. Now, we don't think it's a La Liga. We don't think it's a, um, the English Premier League, the EPL. We don't. But it has sort of been noticeable to me That Messi is so profoundly skilled that (laughs) um, it's almost like players are paying respect to him. They don't want to be humiliated. They give him these nice little cushions that I'm not sure they would give American players. Uh, I think it's a great story. I think he's the most important player ever in the MLS. I am a fan of the league. I try to catch on a fairly regular basis, 15 minutes, highlights, YouTube it. I really do like it. And I am a huge kind of advocate for the United States men's and women's national teams. But it shouldn't be this easy for Messi, should it? I mean, this easy? This was the worst team in the league before he got there. The new movie Gran Turismo is based on an unbelievable true story about a team of unlikely underdogs, a struggling working-class gamer, a failed race car driver, and an idealistic motorsport executive. Together, they risk it all to take on the most elite sport in the world. It's a great, compelling story. It's some of the most famous racing competitions in the world, and they are recreated through the use of actual Nissan GTs and practical effects. It's really cool. It's really a movie that needs to be seen on the big screen. A lot of action. Really intense. It's an inspiring, uplifting, action-packed story that proves that nothing in life is impossible. Gran Turismo, based on a true story, is exclusively in movie theaters this August 25th with a special sneak previews this weekend. Get your tickets today, at tg 13 So there's a new movie coming out that I just watched, My producers and I watched it. They sent us a link, Gran Turismo. It is a hard story to believe is true, but it is actually true. We're a middle-class gamer, an optimistic motorsport executive, and a failed race car driver team up in what is one of the more inspiring, unique sports stories in one of the most elite sports in the world. The movie, August 25th, is when it opens up. Get your tickets now. It's called Gran Turismo. It is a true story. And I was told that. I watched the movie. I had to Google after. I'm like, give me a break. I never heard about this story. And it's all true. August 25th. And we bring in uh, the actual gamer who pulled this off. Yan Mardenborough Joining us on the volume. When you're a gamer and there was parts in the movie, and I, I understand it's Hollywood, so not everything in the movie is true, about your your dad, you know, like all dads, is thinking to himself, my son's playing esports, he's an e-gamer, I want to get a real job. And I thought to myself, is this Hollywood? Or could you tell us, was there doubts by your family? Your mom supported you, but your dad was like, you know, I understand. Like, I'm a dad. Was there conflict with your dad or was that a little bit of Hollywood? Well, it wasn't really.
1: Uh, esports wasn't a thing back then in motorsports. Anyway, 12 years ago, in 2011, I've had it all my life. I, I guess any millennial born. In the nineties, has had the same thing with PlayStation. All the games I've had it in school. Right. Coming up from school, you have to do two hours revision before that thing even gets turned on. Forever, go outside. No, I want to play PlayStation instead. It's uh, it's forever been a thing. So when I was talking to the producers and scriptwriters back in wow, this was two thousand nineteen. I mean, it was. I just told them my experiences. It's like yeah, my dad wanted me to go outside and have a childhood like, uh, like he did, but uh, he didn't quite understand that I'm also socializing online with my friends with my microphone. And it's now it's kind of normal, whereas back then it's still you have different generation, um, not really understanding the current generation. Yeah. So no, it's not it's not
0: Hollywood. It's that's how it was. You know, yeah, and it's interesting you say that. How old are you now? Because you sound like my sixteen year old son who says, Dad, I am socializing. I'm socializing on my computer.
1: I'm thirty-one and like even now it's uh it's another level because not only well twelve years ago, I guess I don't know what if Twitch was a thing back then, YouTube was barely a thing, but certainly yeah. online streaming wasn't a thing. Whereas now you can have I don't know, like millions of people, hundreds of thousands of people watch you play a game and also socialize in the chat. Um, That's something which is, again, for me, I don't do that because I'm in my thing is in real life. But when I look at these content streamers and it's like, yeah, they're so talking to so many people at the same time, it's like a social event.
0: So I had never heard of this story. And as I watched the movie It's very compelling. I I literally had to Google, okay, is this real? So you're basically a gamer. You get invited to the GT Academy. You win it. And because of an aspirational, um, you know, motorsport executive and a driver who has real doubts about you. um, Did you have you come across as very confident? But, I mean, let's be honest. This story. There's a reason Hollywood wanted to make this story. It doesn't even sound true. Did you ever have a doubt, gamer to getting in a car, before that first race starts? Were you anxious? Were you nervous? Or did you have this sort of inner scoreboard and believe, you know what, there's advantages that I have over these drivers? Never thought that. But I'm someone who's very headstrong. And uh, I'm somebody who
1: I think who has a, a good, um, like, building blocks, like, from my father telling me from a young age, you know, do something in life, which brings you purpose and that you're passionate about. And that for me is cars. So I'm a headstrong person. So that is what all I wanted to do. So when the opportunity presented itself or this is a chance of becoming a racing driver, I was all in on that. Um, I didn't think I could win. I didn't think I could lose. It was this weird frame of mind during the whole process of entering it it at home on my PlayStation and also getting to the finals of the academy where I was like a blinkered racehorse where I didn't want to think about winning or losing. It was just like, okay, what's (laughs) next? Let's do the best we can learn from, learn from my mistakes in the previous instructor's comments and the next time in the car, don't make that mistake. Again, or let's improve it was this weird mindset um i never thought that i had advantage over anybody else because i went in there with the understanding that i'm a, to be a sponge that was my another thing i remember thinking like it's like all the information that's that's going to be told at me during this academy process at, at gt academy is going to be good information because all the drivers all the instructors are c- at currently current racing drivers all the ex-professionals so whatever they're telling me is going to be correct. I have no preconceived ideas of how to race a racing right. car. So it, w- I was just absorbing all of it. And uh, I never thought that I uh, had an advantage over anybody else, really. It's not. Uh, I'm, I am I. was very much aware that I'm the first step of the ladder because there's people that were there at the academy who'd had drifting experience, I've done track days, I've done karting. I was the least experienced person of everybody there. Um, And it was the same thing in entering motorsport after the academy. I'm very much aware that I'm here to, all I cared about is my progression. I didn't care about anything else. I want to make sure that my progression is exponential for as long as possible. So I never, I was, all I am is very headstrong. It's like, okay, that's what I want to do and I'll do it. I don't think about, you know, confident in showing it um egotistically it's not really my scene even now it's like i don't say what i've done it's like the people that put uh i guess you know their school accomplishments mbas and stuff in their bios it's just not that i have receipts of what i've done in the past and the movie thing is fantastic i never thought it'd be a thing because it's so random so when the when it first got told to me i didn't believe them and i thought why me I'm
0: just racing my racing car. That's what I've been doing. So it's interesting, and you're a gamer and then you're a driver. Once you'd succeeded at driving, did you go back to gaming sometimes and think actually it helped you as a driver? So you transitioned from gamer to driver. when you went back to gaming, are there things gaming in gaming that actually are advantages? that drivers probably could use. Well, the main reason why drivers and I still
1: use SIMs is because of the limited time you have on circuits. So in the off season from, I don't know, November till March, you, uh, there's no real driving. It's cold here in the UK during those months. So you, the next best thing is being in a simulator. So yeah, yeah, it's just laps. It's it's, um, time in the seat. Um, yeah, it's that, that's what it's currently used for. That's what I still use it for.
0: So, Ian, I've been in a race car twice. Now, more of a stock car American version, which is not as slick as what you drove. My takeaway is, wow, it's really hot in here and you better be in shape. So in the movie, um, the first time you were in that car, Take me to the physical. I mean, I mean, did you come out of that thing and wake up the next morning and you were a wreck? You were. Did it? Was it physically more daunting than you thought it would be? It was a,
1: an acclimative. Um,
0: yeah, it was an acclimative,
1: uh, like sensation, really. Because during those academy days, day one, day two, day three, you know, you kind of feel fine, but then in the later days, I, I was aware that my hands were starting to get quite sore my forearms my even my my neck to a little bit to an to a point. Um, and then certainly when I transitioned to um like really quick racing cars after the academy when I'm actually racing, then it's uh it became a thing it became a real thing like there's muscles behind your your ears which, you don't really work in normal day-to-day <laughs> life, but uh, when you've done two days testing in a Formula Three car at a track where seven, five of, of the corners out of seven are full throttle, and you wake up the next morning, you, get, you lift your head off the pillow, and your neck is just is, is uh is in bits, and you've got another day test, and it's uh, yeah, it's a thing. It's really GT cars; they get very hot. It's quite hot in yes. there. It's you have to be lean. You have to be aerobic, aerobically fit. Um, I train every day, and it's not only because of my job, because I actually enjoy training. It's it's part of my right. my uh, lifestyle. But uh, yeah, you know, I've uh, recently I never did it before because I the te- I never wore the technology. But I had a, uh, a race in May in, at uh, Fuji in Japan. It was a twenty-four hour race, and I have like this uh, fitness tracker it's um, yeah. my wrist yeah. and I left it on during the race and uh, over two hours I think I burnt 870 calories wow. heart rate was an average 150 deeps a minute got a peak around 175 I think so it's like it's your your stress for a long time it's uh, right. mainly the heat in a GT car the heat really makes your body work
0: yeah I was going to say a 24 hour race like Le Mans how i i'm just a novice how do you get obviously there're probably mechanisms to keep you hydrated but you're burning through 800 calories every 2 hours how do you eat i mean are you do you go into a race no you you don't want to go into a race like heavy and tired so you want to go in fairly lean how do you eat in a 24 hour race when you're burning those kind of calories mm-hmm. I think for
1: for me, I've always ate at normal times. So I I still stick to my, um, during, just before the race and during, I still stick to my normal plan. I'll eat when I'm hungry. I'll eat my three meals a day, but it's, it's not so much when I get out of the car. Um, you know, I need to grab food immediately. It's more when you wake up in the middle of the night and then, you know, you're in the car, like, I don't know, 4.00 AM. And then it's planning your times of eating in really unusual hours, because then you bot- your body's right. like, I'm hungry, but it's four o'clock in the morning. This isn't normal. It's it's uh, it's uh an interesting ex- experience because you're hungry at weird times. All I've felt, right. all I've done really is, is whenever I'm hungry, just make sure I'm not hungry when I get in the car, and then I'm fine.
0: So you dominate a game like Gran Turismo, right? And that gets you on a track. Are there other games as a gamer, are there other games? Does it transition in esports that you're just good on almost any gaming platform? You crush. Well, it's. I think now I would, I would never put in the hours
1: required to right. be at a level where I'm I'm the best because I don't find that enjoyable. But also, whatever I do on a sim now is for my real life um, performance in the car. So right. I never go into that detail anymore, but I can jump on other, they all have their nuances, they're all slightly different, but I can jump on another sim, whether that be on PC or another title on, on PlayStation and be, be quick, it's like it's a racing game, it's what I've been doing since I was eight. So I'm kind of right. All, all right at doing them.
0: This baseball season continues to heat up. You can watch it on TV. But what's better than going to the park on a beautiful summer day with friends for last-minute amazing deals on tickets? Check out Game Time, the fastest-growing ticket app in the United States. And it doesn't stop at just sports, summer concerts, comedy tours, all across the country. Game Time has your tickets. Download the Game Time app and the redeem code is Colin. That's me, C O L I N. $20 off your first purchase. 20 bucks. No matter where you live, go out, end the summer in style, comedy, baseball, concerts. It's the Game Time app. Last minute deals, lowest prices guaranteed. off your first purchase. 20 bucks. Terms apply. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing.
1: I'm so glad you made it.
0: And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. How did you view, because I thought the movie was very compelling. I thought uh, the actor that played you um, was very realistic. What is it like? And this will never happen to me to watch yourself being played by somebody else in a movie. What is that like?
1: The the two weird points that are very strange is, uh, firstly, when somebody has your race suit and it has J. J.Mardenborough on it, that's weird to see. Um, and then, But the weirdest is somebody having wearing your helmet, wearing your colors. Because in motorsports, our helmets is the only thing as a racing driver we get to customize by ourselves. Everything else is due to the team or manufacturer or sponsor that we have, the race helmet is is fair game for us. We can design it however we, we want. So to see somebody wear my colors, because it's very, my helmet doesn't have my name Personal. on it for a reason. Because when I designed the helmets, I designed it myself and I didn't want my name on the helmet. Because my I, <laughs> I said this at a time where I was kind of, again, maybe second step of the ladder, but I said to myself, look, People are going to know the colors of my helmet just because they're going to know the colors of my helmet. I don't want, I don't need my name on it. I don't need anything else. Just, those are my colors and I'll be recognized from that. That's what a helmet's for. Uh, so to see somebody else see uh, Archie wear the helmet is, uh, it's very weird. For me.
0: So David Arbour is the ex-failed race car driver and he's very cynical of your mission you're a gamer you get to be a racer did you feel animosity from drivers in the industry where you could kind of sense it the temperature in the room you felt like people sort of rolled their eyes at what you were trying to accomplish well you know
1: this is an all recent drivers that um It's not like every single racing driver I've I've had a negative experience with. It's only been a very few. Most drivers have been very welcoming. Um, Of course, the movie focuses on the the relationship with one in particular that was quite negative, and it's the main part rival of the story. But this person is based off a real person that I was teammates with in 2013. Um, And it was... Like you say, there was a lack of respect that was uh, that I was given. I was very much aware back then as well that I'm still cutting my teeth. I'm still eating my reputation. I wasn't expecting people to be very friendly and open and race as if you know you're you're on their level because of I haven't done anything. I've been racing that put maybe two right. years, and now, but i I was aware that if I was racing against me coming up the conventional route, I would hate me. So I kind of had some sympathy. (laughs) I had some sympathy because my ego is quite big, especially in in my world of motorsports. So to be racing against somebody whose barrier to entry to the sport is 500 pounds. And then maybe my, you know what, my sponsor or family or, you know, private minis, they've spent hundreds of thousands, maybe millions to get me to this level and now competing against me. So i would be like, oh, I've got to make sure I beat this guy because I'm going to look silly. I would hate to lose against me back then. It would be, um, so I have some sympathy really, but there was some, some people, um, some drivers, um, yeah, kind of, uh, when you're strapped to a, a car, which can, um, do damage to people, do damage to humans. And, um, what is it? It's a, it's a missile at some point. Uh, and then when that's used in a way that uh, life can be threatened, then it's then I will talk about it. So when I was talking to producers and scriptwriters about rivals, it was this is the there was a person in mind about that and the experience I had with this person because there was a lack of respect on circuit face to face, you know, I, it is what it is. But on circuit, there was very clear that was there was nothing there uh one more kind of example which is still funny to this day because i've I've mentioned it so many times i wonder if the guy would ever contact me but my first ever race after the academy was in um, a place called pembry my local welsh circuit and i was having a conversation with somebody and this guy interjected and he introduced himself as the welsh sports car and saloon car champion of 2010. I thought it was very strange for somebody to introduce themselves as a champion. But anyway, I kind of (laughs) let him talk. And um, this was the first time I experienced something verbal to my face where he thought he was here and I was here. And he said to me, if you see me in your mirrors, don't fight me. Just let me go. I mean, I've been racing. I hadn't done my first race at the Academy at that point. And I was like, ooh, I've got a man next to me who's giving me the, (laughs) playing playing the big man. And um, it just lit a fire. I already, I was already kind of psyched up, but this guy kind of threw logs and gasoline on my soul. And <laughs> yeah, it's uh, needless to say he stayed in my mirrors. But that was the first kind of experience of you know egos
0: hierarchy yes. hierarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did did by the way, the first time you faced this person and you can mention him, did you beat him?
1: Oh, yes. Yeah, that weekend. I mean, this was this was grassroots level. This wasn't high competition at all. This was getting my race license. Um, however, the, who Kappa is based off, this was during Formula 3, so 2013 this was. So I've been racing a couple of years, still very new. But, uh, yeah, the level, um, quite quite high, Formula 3.
0: That had to feel great. That had to feel great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> stuff like that. I had an experience in broadcasting like that. I still remember everybody's name. I still remember it well, where an older broadcaster in my first broadcast ever said kind of the same thing. I never let it go. It was jet fuel. And, you know, I mean, the truth is when you're young, I think people think they can intimidate younger people. And what they're doing is doing a favor for you because young people, I mean, when you're young, you've got a mind like a trap and I was influenced much more when I was young than when I'm older. And so the truth is, that had such a positive impact on you probably because it just laser focused, not that you weren't a focused kid, but the fact that you remember that story, you probably remember the colors, the people, the moment, the time of day. It's probably very clear to you, I would guess.
1: Yeah, it's, it's clear because it was the first time somebody saying it to my face. I mean, I had a chip off my shoulder anyway, for another reason after the Academy, but I won't go so much into that. So I was already, I had this, um, uh, this fire to prove others, but also to myself. And then this guy just kind of added some more fuel to what was currently going on and just kind of, I just remember it. And then later on, um, with other people for the moat, for the general, since i've been racing 12 years the interaction now it's fine i have i've earned my stripes i've got receipts and um uh you know with racing drivers where i've earned the respect that's all so good whereas back then and where the movie portrays those those early years yes it was more um more difficult shall we say it was interesting interesting times
0: Gran Turismo is the movie. Congratulations on the story, the movie, your success. It's a really fun watch and I appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Pleasure. The volume